This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, it is uh, now less than a month until Election Day in the U.S., bringing to an end, a merciful end, what has got to be the most bizarre U.S. presidential race ever. And I tell you what, it's only going to get weird. These last four weeks, I really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, But uh, certainly it's been a rough couple of weeks for Donald Trump. And it would appear as though at this point uh, his campaign is imploding. Obviously, this this video that came out on Friday was pretty scandalous. And I think it has hurt him. I, I really think it has. And you saw over the weekend numerous Republicans, governors, congressmen, senators uh, bailing on him, condemning him, saying they won't vote for him, uh, pulling back, withdrawing their, their support for him. Uh, the debate Sunday night could have been disastrous for him. I, I suppose all things considered, maybe it wasn't. Uh, but maybe Hillary's pulling some punches here and that she doesn't want things to get so bad that Trump actually drops out of the race at this point. Uh, but as bad as the tape was on Friday, maybe there's there's more to come here. And so today, with less than a month to go before the election campaign, Donald Trump is lashing out at Republicans. Uh, so a civil war within the GOP probably suits Hillary Clinton just fine. Well, joining us uh, for some thoughts on what to make of all of this, please to welcome back to the program Michael Taub. He's a uh, syndicated columnist with Troy Media, a contributor to the Washington Times, and also former speechwriter for Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Michael, great to talk to you once again. Thanks very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it seems every time we, we talk, it's just there, there's there's more and more head shaking going on here. That it's just I know. It, it's weirder than the last time. So, yeah. where where are things at as far as you can see? Well, I think you summed it up pretty well. It will be a merciful end to a very, very long election cycle. Um, Yeah, I mean, certainly today has been emblematic of what's been going on as we see Donald Trump really just at at his most unhinged moment. I mean, something that I've never, I think even during the past 16 months when we've basically gone through his different tweets and social media interactions and so forth, he's really just gone kind of wild today because now he suddenly claims, as you probably saw this morning, and some of your listeners may have read, he's now unshackled. He apparently, after all these months, apparently he's been held back. Somehow he's been holding things within. I don't know how and I don't know where and I don't know why. But now he feels that he can actually be, he's unshackled and he can do whatever he wants. So now he's lashing out mostly against his own party or so-called party, the Republican Party. And so-called, I mean, not that the Republicans are a so-called party. I just don't think Donald Trump has really ever fit into that party whatsoever. He's not a conservative or a Republican by the convention means and the way he's attacking them especially one tweet where he said that democrats tend to be more loyal than republicans have ever been is really just unfortunately a man who's just sort of flailing away i think donald trump has just been hammered very very badly this election cycle especially during the presidential campaign he's been sort of attacked by the media who gave him a soft ride during the primary season He's had a lot of issues to deal with, including this 2005 video, which was leaked a few days ago, which is going to be very, very difficult to recover from, if at all possible. And I think he's just now realizing as more and more Republicans abandon him, 
A, because they're trying to save their own neck, and B, because they just don't want to be associated with someone who's just continually made lewd and disgusting comments, not just because of locker room talk of one episode, but all through a 16-month period. I think they've just basically decided to cut the cord, and they've said enough is enough. Paul Ryan today has basically said, who's the most important Republican right now, period. You know, this is the House the leader of the House of Representatives. He has more power than virtually all of them. He directly said, I want nothing to do with Donald Trump. Nothing good, nothing bad. I want nothing more to do with him. I just want to now work to help Republicans and save the two houses, that being the House of Representatives and the Senate. That is now his goal. So you basically have, in a way, Rob, two different campaigns going on. Donald Trump is sort of running as a Republican in name only, you know, basically doing what he has to do for the next month. And the mainstream or senior Republicans, if you want to call them, all working together to ensure that the Republican Party still has a presence after November 8th when the presidential election is held. Because right now, even though the popular vote, it depends which poll you're looking at. It's not wildly different. It's as low as 6, as high as 15, depending on some. We'll put it in the middle. The popular vote's not too, too far away from each other. There's Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. But when it comes to the all-important electoral college, it looks like Trump is going to get thumped really, really badly. And I think the Republicans have just realized that not only have they picked a bad candidate, They've lost the White House, and they've lost it for at least another four years. Yeah, it's funny. One of the things that stood out to me in some of these these WikiLeaks emails that have come out, which maybe yeah. otherwise would have been really damaging to Hillary had they not yeah. uh, elected uh, a crazy candidate, is that they were worried about Marco Rubio. They were even worried about uh, Rand Paul. I mean, it's just it's it's easy to look at it now. Maybe people had their reasons for not liking Marco Rubio. But sure. I think Marco Rubio would be running away with this election. I think Marco Rubio would be running away with it. I think John Kasich would be running away with it. I even think Jeb Bush would be running away with it. The, the simple fact is if they had picked a normal, conventional candidate, a mainstream candidate, they would be destroying Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton wouldn't be thinking about moving into the White House. She'd be thinking of sheltering herself back in New York come November 9th, the day after the election. She would have been slaughtered. However, the Republicans unfortunately nominated the one candidate who really, quite frankly, is worse than her in certain ways. They're both bad candidates. They are the two worst candidates the major parties have ever put up. And ironically, they put them up in the same election year. But, he'll, but unfortunately, Donald Trump has just ruined himself so many times with his antics, with his behavior with his language, with the horrific comments that he's just made against everyone, women, various minorities, including Muslims, Hispanics. Um, he's talked about building a wall. I mean, we can just go on and on. He's even been, you know, I wouldn't say buddy-buddy, but certainly semi-nice to Vladimir Putin, the Russian premier. This is just not a man who should be anywhere near the White House. And as a small-c conservative myself, and a very right-leaning one, I'd be very right-leaning even in the United States, this is incredibly frustrating to me to watch this, because I'm watching, on the one hand, the Republican Party basically implode from within, mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, based on the fact that just, you know, they have a terrible candidate who's dragging them down. And more to the point, I have a person who basically claims to be a Republican and a conservative, although he's shown virtually nothing to the effect of either of those two categories, who basically now is running his own campaign, 
doesn't give a damn about the others, is more than happy to criticize people that he's supposed to be aligned with, and God knows where it goes from here. So it's just a huge and utter mess. Well, it really is. And, you know, it, it almost seemed maybe that if, if, if Trump had lost the election, that he would just kind of go away and the Republicans could right. regroup. But it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. Every signal no. here from Trump is that it's going to be uh, a civil war within the GOP and it, it's going to carry on. I mean, assuming he loses, it's going to carry on well past November. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even if he wins, there could actually be problems as well, because remember, Rob, a lot of the people that he brought in as part of his support base during the primary season when he was running against other Republican candidates, he brought in millions and millions of non-traditional Republicans. He brought in people who had either never voted Republican before, or if they had, it had been a long time since they had done so. Generally speaking, he brought in the independents, the apathetic, and various others. And certainly that's to his benefit. That's why he won by a huge amount and beat a lot of established candidates. But at the same time, he also brought in an enormous amount of people who are not akin or don't certainly believe in the values and principles that most longstanding Republicans and conservatives and certainly some libertarians agree with. And that's the real problem. So there was going to be a civil war no matter what. But you're right. If Trump loses on November 8th, it's going to be unbelievable what's going to happen. I think it'll be the worst explosion you could ever imagine. It's worse than anything that will happen or anything that we've seen thus far, because what you're going to basically see is you're going to see first the grassroots come out and just sort of batter each other, not physically, but just with words, with anger, try to take over different state associations, parties, party lines. They're going to do so many things to that political party, it'll be absolutely astonishing. But then you'll have the senior leadership try to come into play, where on one side you'll have people like Mitt Romney, John Kasich, and others who want to bring the party back to its core roots and values, a la Ronald Reagan and Barry Goldwater. You'll have the remainder of whatever faction Donald Trump has created within the Republican Party, who will say that, no, it's our party now, we demand it, we want it, we're going to own it, and then you'll probably have some smaller groups kind of fighting it out, too. I mean, from a historical perspective, it'll be very, very similar to what we saw in the, um, the Philadelphia Society in 1986, which is a closed conservative group, which led to the first break to what we call the neoconservatives and the paleoconservatives, who have now kind of morphed into a more familiar term people are probably used to, which is called the alt-right. That was the first real break in the intellectual conservative movement that we ever saw, and that was 30 years ago. Now, 30 years later, we could see an enormous break occurring within the Republican Party, which is supposed to be the capsule of conservative ideas and thought and theories and principles, and God knows where it goes from there. Well, it's, I mean, it's a tricky balance because I, I can understand that Republicans not liking Trump needed to, to respect the fact that he won the primary. He was the party's sure. nominee. But how much do you sell your soul in the process and throw aside things that you've long stood for just to advance that, that person or that cause? Well, that's a hard question to answer. Again, a lot of it is how much you can actually take and how much you can actually stand. There are some people who are very loyal to the party more than anything else. So for them, they could certainly do it. Sure, behind the scenes, you're right. They probably despised a lot of what Donald Trump was saying. They were probably mortified by some of the statements he was making out in public, be it to Megyn Kelly at one of those debates, 
all the way to the way he attacked the Gold Star family, the Khan family, which was just to get into that battle. And it doesn't matter that the Khans, the parents, may be Democrats or at least Democratic-leaning. It was a stupid fight from the very beginning and one that Donald Trump could never win. It probably, it probably frustrated them from pillar to post, but at the same time, if they really believe in the Republican Party, they have to actually respect the will of the voters. And, you know, that's what a lot of people, including myself, wrote in various columns or made comments on TV, radio, etc. about, that even if you dislike Donald Trump, you have to respect the will of the voters. Plus, do you really want to have Hillary Clinton as your next president? And I still don't want Hillary Clinton as my next president. I'm not an American voter, but I don't want her. At the same time, if I were sitting in the United States, I don't know what I would do. I don't know who I would vote for. I think that's unfortunately another problem as well. A lot of people had probably gripped themselves or at least bit their tongues as hard as they possibly could and come to terms with the fact that they would have to vote ultimately for Donald Trump if they wanted to keep Hillary Clinton out of the White House. But after all that Donald Trump has said and done with the real tipping point or the straw that broke the camel's back being this 2005 video I mentioned earlier, I don't know where they go exactly. Do you go to the Libertarian Party? with a vice presidential candidate, William Weld, who has sort of made remarks to the Boston Globe that he was not, you know, he was still obviously supporting his running mate, Gary Johnson, but was going to be working more now towards defeating Donald Trump. Well, do you really want to have a party ticket, even if they don't win in November? And I think most people realize the libertarians won't. Do you really want to vote for a party that seems more committed to kind of ensuring that Hillary Clinton has a softer road to the White House than someone who serves as an alternative point of view to Donald Trump? And then you have obviously other factions like the Green Party. There's Evan McMullen, who's a third-party candidate who is right-leaning but doesn't, you know, doesn't have a prayer. It's a real mess in the United States. And I think you, I, and many of your listeners can be happy about one thing. We're going to obviously feel the effects of whoever goes in the White House on November 8th, but at least we don't have to vote for someone because God knows most of us would struggle. Well, okay, so in these closing weeks, look, there, there's still another debate that's sure. supposed to happen. Um, I don't know how much impact that'll have. There, it seems likely that there's there's more Trump tapes out there somewhere. Uh, it sounds like, you know, WikiLeaks is trying to do a, a slow drip of, of uh, that damaging information about Clinton. Mm-hmm. How do you see this playing out down the home stretch? Well, as you probably heard, or at least you may have read, Mark Burnett, the producer and the producer of The Apprentice, where Donald Trump appeared for a long period of time as the host of that show, and that's where he obviously got a lot of his media image. He always had one, but it made him a lot into a much bigger reality star. Burnett had said a few days ago that he had more tapes of Donald Trump saying things and more things that he wanted to release. But it was just it just came out in the Washington Examiner and a few other papers that MGM, the company that actually controls all those tapes and all the audio to The Apprentice, doesn't want to release it and basically said that Mark Burnett doesn't have the right to release this material. So if that's the case, well, on the one hand, the Trump campaign can breathe a sigh of relief because God knows what was there. But But on the other hand, that doesn't mean there aren't other things floating around. We've heard tales of people who have little tiny clips of him saying some pretty off-color stuff, and if any of that's true, and they decide to release it, and we find that it is actually a legitimate source, God knows where that goes. And you're right, on the other side, obviously, WikiLeaks is sort of doing it sort of by a drip-by-drip system of releasing uh, huge dumps of emails 
related to Hillary Clinton and what she may or may not have known about a variety of issues when she was Secretary of State under President Barack Obama. And I don't know what, what we'll see from there. You would think that with the first couple of dumps anyways, you would see the worst of the material. You wouldn't, we wouldn't want to hold too much of it till near the end when people don't have enough time to synthesize the information and decide what they want to do. But if those things don't really come into play heavily, and we just sort of have things staying where they are right now, Hillary Clinton will become the next president of the United States, whether we like it or not. But if other things do actually come into play, as you said, with WikiLeaks, different uh, videos or audio involving Trump, or a whole variety of other things, sure, it might change the game a little bit. But much like the third presidential debate, there's only so much it can really do. Most Americans right now, according to most opinion polls and studies, are committed to one candidate or the other. It's really only about a 10 to 12 percent group, the independents or the people who just haven't simply decided which candidate they prefer over the other, if any at all, how they're going to vote. It's that little tiny group that they've got to basically convince one way or the other. But even if they do or don't convince them, it may not necessarily tilt the electoral college one way or the other. Because as we often forget, in the United States, it's nice to have a high popularity vote, but being the most popular person of the two major parties doesn't always necessarily mean or guarantee that you're going to be the winner of the next president or become the next president of the United States. And that's what Al Gore, for example, found out in 2000. So we'll see. I don't know where this information will come from. I don't know what will be next, but I think one thing is safe to say, it's not over until it's over, but a lot of things seem to have been concluded. Unless a major earthquake occurs for Hillary Clinton, it looks unlikely that she'll lose. Well, we'll see what these four weeks bring us. Uh, Michael Tobe, appreciate the insight as always. Thanks so much for joining us here. My pleasure, Rob. Have a good day. You too. Michael Taub, uh, Troy Media Syndicated columnist, Washington Times contributor, former speechwriter for Prime Minister Stephen Harper, his thoughts on on where things stand. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it's hard to see uh, uh, an outcome here where where Trump prevails. I think it's just going to get worse for him down the home stretch. 403-974-8255 is the number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.